0: Winter. Hello and welcome to What We Do in the Winter. This is the seventieth episode in this series of podcasts from the Isles of Mull, Iona, Olva, Gomatra, and Erid. I'm Alistair Satchel, I live outside of Darvig in the north of Mull, and I'll be your host today. I hope this finds you happy and well wherever and whenever you may be. This episode is a conversation with Andrew or Andy McFarlane of Glenaris. Aged 81, he has lived all of his life here on the island, starting off at Chiroran, moving to Pinnegowan, and then on to Salon and to Glenaris. His family hail from the Isles of Gometra and Kol. We cover a great number of subjects in our chat, including childhood memories of Kol, the people around him here on Mull as he grew up, his schooling in Grieben, elements of the Second Site, which I, of course, mistakenly call the Da Hjalav, instead of the Da Hjalav. Then we go into to Gaelic language and culture, farming Aberdeen Angus, and oh, so, so much more. There are so many names from the past that get referenced in this episode, it's it's quite something. We have a short conversation in Gaelic at around 43, maybe 44 minutes into the episode, where we talk about the language in the island and its local dialects and phrases. We recorded our conversation at the Glenaris Road End, where you can often find Andy, sat in his jeep watching the world go by. For the recording Andy sat in his car while I sat in mine parked beside him and we talked through the windows. The rain at one point quite early on started to come in quite heavily so you'll hear this sort of pitter patter of rain on the recording as it, as it batters off of my jacket which I had in my lap because otherwise I would have got soaked. <laughs> There's lots of road noises throughout the course of the recording as it's a busy spot and a fine place to see what's going on with the world. There's a few toots here and there as well as cars pass us by and signal a greeting to Andy. It's a really special place to record, actually. Oh, a great big thank you to Andrew, Andy's son, who helped set our conversation up. We've been waiting for months to get this conversation recorded, so thank you most kindly, Andrew. Without further ado, it is with great pleasure that I hand you over to Andy, Andrew McFarlane.
1: Who are you? Andrew McFarlane
0: And where are you from, Andrew?
1: Well, I was born in Mull I was born at Tarroarn in the shores of Loxcreden. Loxcreden My father worked over there for General Cheap, that owned Tarroarn at that time He was a boatman Fisherman for General Cheap. And then we were there, we left in 1950 and came to Pennygowan and Glenforsa. We were there a few years. And then when I left school, I went to work at Killichronan And uh, from Killichronan uh, back to Glenforsa for a while. And then I came to Glenaris, that's about 50 years ago or something. I moved to Glenaris and I've been around here ever since. But my father was from Gomatra. Oh. There was a big family of the MacFarlands in Gomatra. And uh, my mother, as I said, came from Cole, the Isle of Cole. But there was a big family in Gomatra at that time. But uh, I was named after my father's brother. He was drowned in Gomera. I'm sorry. And uh, it was at the start of the First World War. Mm -hmm. And nobody came to tell them in Gomera that the war had broken out because they knew they were in mourning because my uncle had been drowned. So they didn't tell them the war had started. so I was named after him, Andrew.
0: Whereabouts in Gomatra were they?
1: Well, a, a house called Ballacloch.
0: And is that uh, in the main settlement in Gometra?
1: Aye. Uh, what do you call her? Moved there after her man died. Ian uh, uh, Munro. Aye, Rona. His wife m- moved into the old fam- family home. I don't know whether she's still there or not, but she was there for a while.
0: And do you remember going to Gomatra at all to see the family? I
1: was only there once in Gomatra. Really? I didn't go down very often.
0: What do you remember of Gomatra from that one visit?
1: Well, the truth is I just remember going down. An old uncle died there and went down and... Uh, came back to Kilninian was the graveyard that he was buried in. So I remember going down. Angus MacPhail from Ulva and Hugh McPhail he went down as well. And Ian Ian the ferryman he went down with us. That was Ian uh, he was in Tibbermore at a fishing boat. He was from Derwig originally. Ian MacDonald. Right, okay. I remember going down. Um, I had a fishing boat out of Tabarmori. Uh, him and Alistair McLean he had the other fishing boat.
0: And did your dad have any tales of growing up in, in Gomatra at all? Is there anything you can remember of him saying, oh, when I was younger, we'd do this, like, you know, making the butter or any, or just, were there any kind of-
1: Oh, like they were just at the fishing. Really? Loves their fishermen.
0: And had they been there for a long time, the family?
1: Aye, they they were always there. I don't know where they came from originally, the McFarlanes, but uh, they were there a long time. But the last one that I remember was known as Jean-Anne. Oh, yes. She died in Oliva. Yeah. The, The Howards. Mm-hmm. Arranged and they got her a house in Oliver. Mm-hmm. And she was there till she died. She's buried at Pennygowan. jean uh, But she's the last one that had uh stain and gum at her.
0: And jean had uh, a tale about a mermaid, if I'm remembering rightly. Is that uh, right? Uh, Do you remember jean tale about the mermaid at all?
1: <laughs> well, she was telling other people... Uh, They've told me the story she had that there was a mermaid came on the shore or something once upon a time on it. Uh, but I don't, I, think, I don't think that would be true anyway. It would be all in the head. Mm. Uh, Aye.
0: Oh, there's a grave still there as well for a mermaid in Gomatra I believe, as well. Is there? I think so, yeah. There's a, a tale of, of that as well. But
1: I don't know why the McFarlands, they weren't buried in in Ngomitra at all.
0: Really? It's Kilninny they are all buried in?
1: No, before then, across on the other side from Alba. Oh, right, okay. The south side. There's a graveyard round there, a lot of them. And I've got a story where one lucky McFarlane, I think it was him that died, or the grandfather, died in 1932, and the weather was bad and they couldn't get the coffin in a boat because it was too stormy. So they walked from Gomitra to Alva. And uh knowing the family he would be fifteen stone plus or something, so they carried him up and once you got, got up to Alba, you crossed the hill to the graveyard. And Mrs. Clark of yes. kindly gave them a bowl of soup on the return journey. Kindly. It wouldn't be her that made it either, it would be the maid. Yeah. Kindly give them a bowl of soup on the return journey. This was after walking up with this heavy coffin and across the hill. But why they were buried there, I don't know. And then they started going to Kilninian. I was at one or two uh, funerals there at Kilninion. Uh-huh. It's shut now. It is, yeah, yeah. I think it was bought over. Were they going to do something with the church?
0: A monastery, the Greek Orthodox, uh, uh, I think it is. Or, or, was it ever Orthodox. carried
1: through? Uh, I'm not sure, there were certainly plans. Um, uh, the man was about here for a while. Was he a priest about here?
0: He was, um, yes, he was a, 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 I think an Orthodox priest. Yeah, yes, aye. aye. Uh, very fancy trainers, I remember. <laughs> 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 but when, um, when the pandemic fell, because um, they've got a base down in Banesan, uh, when the pandemic fell, they used their, the finances of their organisation to help local people, which I thought was amazing. That was good, uh. Really, really good. Um, so, I
1: but when we came to Glenforsa at first, uh, the owners were Bill G. R. Bill that owned Glenforsa, and the wife was a very staunch Catholic, mm. so they got a priest taken in for their own use. Wow, And where McVicar the painter stays uh-huh. a roadside cottage. The priest well that was the priest's house. <laughs> and there was such a carry on in these days for Catholics or not? This poor man, he must have thought we were bouncers. Oh, yeah. We used to pass the house and we'd be looking the other way, keeping to the other side of the road, and if he was out, we went past, he must have thought, oh, this is animals that are living here. Yeah. But you heard so much about Catholics in these days, you know. Yeah. Oh, they're a different lot. But that was the priest's house. So uh, McBricker who stays there now, was working at Toresy, so Mrs. James Toresy told her that she was married there in that priest's house. Uh, because they were Catholics. But that was, in these days, the priest's house. And how? So, when you, were,
0: so you bring up Gaelic there, how much Gaelic was spoken when you were younger? Was it the language of the area?
1: Well, when we came to Glen Forza first, there was uh, Johnny MacDougall. He was uh, up beside us at Pentagon. He was a Gaelic speaker. Mm -hmm. And Sandy Douglas, who was from Sky, he was a Gaelic speaker as well. Yes. And we had Alan Cameron, the sawmiller handyman. Mm -hmm. He was a Gaelic speaker. No, he was... Uh, uh, Alan Cameron... He was Cali Mann's uncle. Okay. Cali, the accordionist. Oh yeah, I know Cali Man. Oh, uh, he Cali, was yeah. uh, the uncle. He was a Gaelic... They were all Gaelic speakers yeah. in these days. They all had Gaelic.
0: And do you remember any of the kind of tales that they would tell at all, or any of the kind of... the, the phrases that, that they would have... a wee turn a phrase? <laughs>
1: The only thing I remember this being put in a power station uh, driven by water. The powerhouse, as we call it, something I feel past Humac, the late Humac Wales place, the powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it was a dodgy sort of thing, they got it in anyway. You would hear men shouting in the morning. Johnny, Bill Wellington's horse, ha. well, courier it south, so a broken tackle, oh, you were no use. But oh, if you had wellings on, you, you could better. put the light on. Otherwise, it wasn't advised to put the switch on with tackety boots. <laughs> <A bit> shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Health and safety weren't on the go in these days.
0: No, no.
1: But it was great. They charged up batteries at Taban and took them up the glen and had the houses up the glen wired so they would get a light at least of this batteries. Yeah. Yeah. And a man once a week took the batteries up and took the other ones back down and put them on charge, uh, which was a great thing for shepherds up in Bentala in these days and these to get a light.
0: When you were younger, there was you were in the Cheap's kind of domain. Um, what do you remember of the Cheap family at that time?
1: I remember General Cheap.
0: Gosh. Because he'd been in, had he been in the First World War?
1: Aye, Brigadier General. Now, uh, there's a well-known tune yet, uh, Brigadier General Ronald Cheap of Tyrone. It was uh, Pipe Major Willie Ross that composed the tune for him. And it's it's played quite often on the radio. you hear it, yeah, at Brigadier General Chief of Terror. Aye, and leaving Portalsky. That was his other. Oh yeah, I know, I know that
0: one very well. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it was seems that it wasn't in any love of Portalsky, but he was storm-stair. the storm-stair, there was no boat or something. Yeah. There's not
0: much in Port Askaig, I'll tell you that.
1: This, a, this was a, leaving Port Askig, but it's a well-known tune as well.
0: <laughs>
1: leaving Port Askig. Pipe Major Willie Ross.
0: So did um, did uh, Ronald Cheap ever tell you any stories at all? Did he have did he have much to do with you all?
1: Oh well, he was a lot older. We were mm. only kids at that time. Mm-hmm. His wife was something, uh, but she came about the houses, the workers' houses. And uh, she came to our house and knocked on the door after the war. And my mother went to the door and said, here, Andrew, I've got something for you. You'll not know what it was, what it is. This was a banana wrapped up with a ribbon round it. Amazing. I didn't know it could have been a torpedo for all I knew. But we had never seen a banana. This was after the war. With a a ribbon round it, you know. But this was her given out to the cottages. Gosh.
0: And do you still remember the taste of your first banana? (laughs) No. (laughs) Now, you mentioned your mother there as well. Um, You said your mum's from Col. Col. And it was before we were recording. So whereabouts in Col was it that she was from again?
1: Uh, A place called Long Barn. There was an old airstrip there oh, okay. running through by to Ronald and uh, it was a good place to go to in these days. There was a lot of dairy going on milking and the creamery was on the go uh, but before then each place made uh, the cheese on their own places and it was sent away, called cheese.
0: What was her maiden name, your mum?
1: Macdonald.
0: Macdonald, aye. And had they been on call for long, the McDonald's? Name?
1: Aye, they were a long time. Uh, I, the Stewart uh, that owned call then, known as CKM Stewart. He was the owner, had tenant, these were tenant farms.
0: And uh, did you go to call often as a child?
1: I went there every summer when the school closed, I went to... Fantastic! To call. It was good.
0: And were you working as a child out there? They put, did they put you to work in the fields? And...
1: Well, you were helping her, that hay and that. But it was a great place to go to. They had the dairy going, they were making hay, they had sheep clippings and everything, so... It was all go all the time. It was interesting. And uh, it was great for fishing. Uh, tons of mackerel in these days. People fished off the shore or the rocks, and lots of rabbits. It was alive with rabbits. Call.
0: And do you remember any of the characters from your youth in Call that you think, oh gosh, I'd love to hear them speak to them again?
1: I don't remember very very many. Uh,
0: Do you remember your own grandparents?
1: The ferryman, two ferrymen, John Allen, Cameron, Mm -hmm. and Willie John, Neely John. Mm -hmm. He was on the ferryboat. And these days, the ferryboat had to go and meet the Loch coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a great service they had in these days. Tibbermory had two boats a day. He had the Loch Var leaving uh, Tibbermory to go to Oban. And then the Loch Arn came in from call on a Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday called at Tabarmori. and that was passengers could go to Oban that way. And the next day the Loch Arn came into Tibbermory on its way out to Loch Boysdale. So they had two, two boats a day of uh, passenger boats. The Loch and You'll have heard of Captain Black. People have mentioned him before. Why should I remember his name? What was... what was Captain Black, well, you'll know his daughter, Sandra, who's married to who we call the Gaelic Joiner. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Sandra. Mary's mum,
0: yeah.
1: Aye. And uh, Sandra tells me she was born up here because Captain Black lived here for a while, up at that shepherd's cottage, and she was born up there. But the rest of the family were born, I think, in Grieben or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, another one, Flora Noble.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. She lived, ab- they lived above Brown's shop. Yes. The Nobles. And uh, Mary, she was in Auburn. In there was a big family of them. Captain Block. Yes.
0: Who do you remember from your youth being around uh, at Chidoran? Who were the kind of characters you remember from there?
1: Well, the shepherd was Johnny Lamont.
0: Oh, that's a cowl name. Was he from Deroonway originally?
1: Well, that all belonged to Mull, Hugh Lamont. Uh-huh. Aye, the Lamonts.
0: Where did they stay? Were they... Um, uh, well,
1: he stayed in Scoble, him and the wife. Femi was the wife. They stayed in Scobel on the way down to Burg. You turned off halfway up the hill and the road goes down to your left. OK. And they stayed in the first house. Scobel, stayed there. I And the brother Duncan, he was a piper, Duncan Lament, at Penny Gale. He was a postman as well, Duncan Lomond And would people? Where would people gather in those days? Well, at the hall at Tarorn, there would be functions on in there.
0: And do you remember any kind of ones that stick in your mind? I think that was a just the
1: Christmas parties. <laughs> what were they the like? The Beals had mm-hmm. lovely Christmas parties. Mm-hmm a big long table and a big yacht lit up with lights on it in the middle of the table so it was a beautiful yacht she was connected Mrs Cheep was connected with some line uh, I forget the line she was but I've asked uh, the family I sometimes talk to uh, the lady at Killithranham. Oh, yes, yeah. She's of the, the cheaps. Oh, right, I didn't know that. Okay. She's married to, what's his name, the owner of Killithranham. Right, right. Uh, but she's no memory of what they did. They must have dumped that yacht. It was a beautiful oh. yacht all lit up with uh, a thing on it. Yeah. And after it's
0: after um, after, um after... Chiroran. Where
1: was it you went to? Well, in Sa- uh, I was in Pennygowan. What we're, were you doing in Pennygowan, yeah? I we moved in there, my father had a job in Glenforsa in Pennygowan. Oh. And when it came to an end we moved to salon uh, Where were you staying at Pennygowan? In the lean-to onto the small house, next to James McGilvery. Gosh, how many of
0: you were in there?
1: Just the three of us, mm-hmm. my mother, father and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's in the wee house beside James McGilvery. It's okay. joined on to the house, the right. wee bit. So we're in there for a while and then we move to Salon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we're in a wee house in Salon where Chrissy Duncan stays. Okay. And then we've got a council house down okay. the Crescent. And eventually down the Pier Road. Oh, lovely. We were down there for quite a while on the Pier Road. Ah, great. Uh, did you ever have a meeting with Roddy McNeil?
0: It F- was part of the museum going uh, back. No, I've got recordings of him talking, but I've never actually. Well, he,
1: he lived in that group of houses down there. Right. That's near where that house went on fire lately. Aye. Yeah. Roddy McNeil, He was uh, had all the connections as oh, well. okay. Roddy.
0: What was Roddy like? Hmm? What was Roddy
1: like? Uh, he was good company. I had spent time on... the. He went away and he was on the trawlers, Pleatwood. He was going the trawlers and that wasn't a very nice job in these days. The, Not at all. The kind of trawlers yeah. I had was... very steel... There wasn't much comfort in them. But he sailed out of Fleetwood, he was there for a few years. And then he came and he was in the forestry. He was ploughing in the forestry for planting.
0: Ah, right. Where did you go to school? Where were your different schools?
1: Griebens School, first school.
0: Who was the teacher there?
1: Uh, well, we'll call him Spank's mother. Okay. Gosh. You know who Spank is? Uh-huh, yeah. John MacDonald. Uh-huh, yep. His mother, Barbara Cow. she was the teacher there. That was my first teacher. And Margaret Block, who was married to Alan Block. She's a year older than me. But she started school going to Scoble School. Up past that road, I said, going down to Scoble, the shepherd's house. Oh, okay. Up the hill, it became a... It was a boys' uh, place the last few years. They used to come there in the summer. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, the woman, she died in Craig Newer not very many years ago. Uh-huh the man died years ago, but they had that and they took the students up in the summertime and stayed there. Uh, But Margaret went and there was a, I think she was a Chrissy McDougall that taught there. But then Greben School opened up and we went and there was about 15 of us in in Greben School in these days. Johnny McFadgen. Johnny, you know who I mean? I know the name. I, Ian's father. Mm. He took us to school from Tyrone. It was about 15 of us. Of course, these days, there was big families. Yes. These estates. The gardener would have a family and somebody else would have, I know, had big families. Of course, they, once these estates went, the families dropped away. But uh, that was at Tigreibon School.
0: Can you remember any, well, who, who were the folk that were you at? You know
1: where the school is?
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, the, lo- the lovely green building with the red roof.
1: Aye, beside the river. Yeah. Just across the from the river. Beautiful. It's always painted up nice colours.
0: Oh, Absolutely science.
1: Yeah, uh, that was the school.
0: <laughs> and who was at school with you?
1: Well, that big family, Dryland, Mm. they had moved into Terroir and there was a big family of them. And then there was uh, the MacLeod homes, the The father, he was boss there, McLeod. He had a big family. There was Wilma McLeod, Donald McLeod, Alec McLeod, Mary McLeod, Flora McLeod. That was a big family alone. But these two boys, they started up that MacLeod Homes in Loch Elpin. Right. Gosh. I think one of them died a few years ago, Murdo. There was Murdo and Kenny. Uh-huh. But... Uh, so big families, <laughs> yeah. as I say, before the days of the television. <laughs> well, indeed,
0: you had to keep warm some ways, so yes. I guess.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. And... Uh, what what sort of things would you do for fun when you were younger around there? Were there kind of any adventures that you'd have at all? Yeah. Were there any adventures that you'd have when you were younger out that way? What would you do for fun?
1: Oh, just running about and that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a great thing.
1: There was an old woman in Alva, Sheila. They called her Sheila McFadden, and she had Gripen connections. And she moved to Griebin. Uh, she fell out with Lady Congleton and Lady Congleton got rid of her out of mm. And she crossed the ferry. She stayed up above Lagan for a while. Mm. She said when she got to the other side, well, you've got a nice house just now, but you'll not have it long. And the house went in fire, the house, went in fire a few years after that. Of course there's nothing could be done Fire brigade or nothing could get across to them. it burnt out. That's when the new house was built. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hall Aberdeen that built the house.
0: And it was Sheila that had predicted it and had seen it coming.
1: And she moved to Grebe and then she had Grebe and connections. And the teacher, this uh, Barbara Cow, used to tell us to get for Sheila to get uh, birch sticks. And we'd be going at dinner time and collecting this. And Sheila wanted the, the whole branch of the tree. So we'd snap off and take it in. And mm. uh, This Johnny McFadgen went in one night with a message or something. Here was Sheila with a point of the branch putting the fire in the other and a chair. And here's the flame running up. It was dry weather mm. burning up the moss. To the washing, <laughs> so he shouted and he threw the branch out the thing. <laughs> mm. But had it not been for that, poor Sheila would have been burnt to death likely. But that's the kind of character she was, mm. Sheila McFadden.
0: Do you remember other people with the Allah around at all? The, the, yeah. Do you remember other folk with the Allah around the second site as well? If she was able to predict that, was that something that was around when you were younger? People having the second sight, being able to foresee things happening.
1: Well, you used to hear talk, people talking about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know whether I was in it. Mm-hmm. There was a lady on call, she got named that she had it. Uh, the milk lorry would come round uh, delivering the milk. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days before, she wouldn't come out for the milk at all. And as sure as anything, they said there'd be a funeral come, the coffin would be on the swarry go in the graveyard. And, uh, but whether that's true or not, somebody approached her once and she lost, and went off the deep end and said whatever she had, it was a gift. She had nothing to do with it. Mm. But you used to hear folk talking of. And. Jallop, what was it called? Ah, oh, Aye. Yeah. Second Sight.
0: Yeah.
1: But it was always bad things. It was funerals or something that was going to happen. It was nothing Never good. <laughs>
0: exactly, yeah. In a few days you're going to get a banana. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We, before we were recording we were talking about uh, Mary Flora as well and Dol from over over my way. Um, c- could you tell me like, what was what do you remember of Mary Flora? it, it was a late and where, where could you describe where she lived if if you knew at the time and things as well for, for the listener?
1: I don't know but I think their house was sold in Derwig. Uh,
0: it was Billy Smith who um, bought it the, 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 yeah.
1: But when I remember Donald Erkin, he stayed out, at, out of Taberna Mori. With uh, Annie Mackenzie and Donald Mackenzie. Uh-huh. They were in the first house before we'd gone down to Arras, to Barmory. Uh-huh. They had a house there, or the next house, uh-huh. down in the dip. Okay. Oh, I know where you are. I think Hall built, uh, she built the house. Uh-huh. I think he's in hospital now. Okay. Uh, Is he Fred Hall?
0: He, that might be right, I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, well, they built, Our Norrie built the house for mm-hmm. them. And this Annie Mackenzie and Donald stayed. It's a Belch and drain they call it, or mm-hmm. something. Okay. And uh, that was Donald Echon. What was he like? I worked a lot, he drove the forestry road lorries, right. working on the road. But he was very intelligent, seemingly. He was a sergeant in the uh, Royal Engineers during the National Service. He was reckoned to be quite a smart guy. dull When you came to
0: Glenarus, then, was that under your own steam or was that with your parents?
1: No, it was, I was married by then. Ah.
0: Who, 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 who was your wife? How, how did you
1: meet? Uh, she was known as Bella, Bella Munro, that I married. Mm-hmm. Bella Munro was uh, Chrissy Berg's niece. Gosh. You've heard of Chrissy Burg? Of course, yes. Tea with Chrissie, as they called it, the book. Yeah. So that's who she was. So we went quite a lot to Burg to visit. There was Chrissy and Duncan Burg. Her brother. Her brother. And... Uh, what
0: was Chrissy like?
1: She was quite a character. <laughs> she was a good worker. Aye. She walked up from Burg up to Turoren to meet the grocery van, carrying messages back down. It's a bit
0: Cooked. hefty. There
1: was a guy, Johnny MacRae. he stayed with him as well. And then the nephew, he stayed at Airds at Kinloch. Aye, there's one of them at Kinloch yet. Okay. The McGilvery's. Right. Down at the Aird.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: But she cooked for them and carried messages and milked the cow and did everything. It was all working these days for women especially. Mm. They got a hard hard life of it. And Bella, um, how did you meet? Well, she worked in Killithran in the office at Killithran. She had been away working a lot in Glasgow, and then she came back got a job in Killie There's There was a big staff at Killie these days. I think at one point, I think we counted 50 working at Killie Because there was Between, the building
0: as well, the building supply company.
1: Aye, yeah, they had building, and sawmills, two sawmills, and then there was the cutters and the wood. Mm.
0: Mm. And how long were you married for, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Well, I we must have been coming up for near 50 years.
0: Oh, gosh. That's quite something. And you've got two sons?
1: Two sons and a daughter. Ah, okay. You know the daughter?
0: No, I'm not sure if I do.
1: Sheila. In the spar shop.
0: Of course. I'd never put two and two together.
1: Now you're making four. <laughs> ah,
0: exactly. Oh, fantastic. Right.
1: Gosh. But her partner, he works in the county, mm. Rob. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's with Robbie MacDougall on the council. Uh-huh. He's cutting grass, you know, on the roadsides with a the tractor.
0: They're doing a great job of it. It's making a big difference around our way, so, certainly,
1: aye. Aye, was he down that uh, way for a while? Yeah, him and
0: Fred, aye, aye, the two of them, so. It was great. Gosh, all right. So, your own working life. When did your own working life start?
1: Well, I started potting about for Cameron White when I was young. He had the Croft and Sal in the hotel in Cameron White. Aye. Uh, he had pigs and that, so cows. Aye.
0: And um, so, can you describe your working life to me? What kind of territory did you go? How big was the farm? What was, what what were the, what did you
1: do? we were up here yeah it was. Uh, we had about 40 cows in these days mm-hmm. and there was to be 500 sheep and we grew potatoes turnips mm-hmm. and uh, that and uh, I kept cutting bracken and never and all summer oh we'd we'll be cutting all this bracken and out the hill and that so that was your working life it was all good.
0: And were there other people living on the estate when you were? Did you live in the estate, or were you living in Salon at that point?
1: No, we were living in Glenaris. Mm-hmm. Ah, there was uh, a guy in the garden called Alec McPhail, mm-hmm. and uh, Alec McPhail.
0: Uh, was he the gardener?
1: He was the gardener. Mm-hmm. He did a boat building as well. Nice. In the garage up there, he was building boats. Gosh. Ah, uh, his daughter, Nan MacPhail. OK. Uh, she died in Tubermory. She now. was in that uh, Glen Eastville. Aye, Aye. Uh, Quite a few years ago, but she was well-known. Mm. Nan MacPhail, she was an in insurance. She used to collect insurance from Aye. people. Pearl insurance.
0: What was the highlight of the year for you as a farmer? What did you enjoy most? Did you enjoy going to the markets? Did you enjoy.
1: Well, you went to the sales, I. There was a lot of sales, I. But from and days, went to a lot of sales. Went to Edinburgh, they had Aberdeen Angus. Waverley Market, we attended show there. And then the Highland show, and then to Perth, Aberdeen Angus. And then with the Galloways from Kilichronner to Castle Douglas. Oh, gosh. Went there as well. So it was all go then.
0: What was your favourite breed to work with?
1: Uh, the Aberdeen Angus were nice beasts. Uh, there was a big money in it in these days. Mm. Uh, the Argentine coming to Perth and buying Aberdeen Angus. Really? Uh, Aye, in these days. Big, big money in them. Because Argentinian
0: steak is well thought of now as well, certainly. It's...
1: Aye, they've got all the Aberdeen Angus. They came and bought shorthorns as well. Oh, yeah. You don't see,
0: you don't hear of shorthorns so much now? No,
1: and don't hear them. What did
0: you have when you were in Glenaris? What was the majority that you had then?
1: Aberdeen Angus and cross Aberdeen Angus. Mm-hmm. But mainly Aberdeen Angus. Mm-hmm.
0: And did you have any sheep as well?
1: Aye, the Blackface sheep.
0: Were they for market as well?
1: Aye, the, the male lambs sold at market. Mm. But um, then I got the crops across at Arras. Ah, okay, right. Uh, aye, my son Andrew, he's got them now. And he's got the sheep and the fields there now. Right. Aye, he's got quite a lot of sheep. He does quite, did quite well at the shows last year with him. With the sheep. He went to a lot of the shows, Baness and Sal and Dal Mali. He showed a lot of them. He had good sheep. And
0: was he learning his craft with you when you were when he was younger? Did you have him out in the field with you?
1: No, he didn't bother much. <laughs> he was a joiner to trade. Aye, that's right, yeah, I remember seeing that, yeah. He served his time with Aurie MacDonald. Aye.
0: Amazing skill set to have. Is there anything else that you you want to say before we, we part company? Anything, you're, any characters you, you remember from your youth you think we should, I mean, who, who were the big characters when you were wee? Well, uh...
1: Ed Mather, he was a, a big noise in these days. He was the county engineer, Mather. He stayed in Glen on and Salas, where Bill Langford stays. He oh, yes. stayed in there. Uh, Mather, Ed Mather. He used to talk at the Burns suppers. For a lengthy time, <laughs> <laughs> he used to talk.
0: The immortal memory. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, he was a character.
0: Where was he from?
1: He was from Fife. Ah.
0: There's a few Fifers around here as well. There was um, Bert Leach.
1: Aye. But that Mather, he was in charge of the men. Uh, see the and g in, in Griebon? Mm-hmm. He was in charge of that, putting up that retaining wall as you go up the... Past Griebon, when you go up that hill, he was, and he stayed in, in over there. That's I think he stayed task. in the Belmore house at the bottom of the hill. But he was in charge of the men there.
0: Talk of Neil McVicar. Neil McVicar's just gone past us. That's <laughs> him.
1: Neil McVicar.
0: And did you know Neil's folks as well?
1: Well, I worked with his father at Glenforsa, Archie McVicar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I haven't seen her for a while. The aunt, McWicker's sister, down at Derby. I haven't seen her for a while. I sometimes used to see her along with Archie's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They used to stop. I used to have a chat. Mm-hmm. Good Gaelic speaker, Eust. Oh, lovely. North Eust.
0: <sighs> oh, lovely stuff.
1: Just a fluent Gaelic speaker.
0: Mm. I guess I didn't use some green, garlic, collard, you some be a green Gaelic colour within you I, will, I will the of Gaelic. Janil. No.
1: But uh, the mm,
0: Yes, well. Haneel. Jimmy, uh, Nori, uh, McDonald, the Green Gaelic, Richard. Nori. Cleft,
1: maybe, garlic. Gaelic. Gaelic, Lauer, I Uh-huh. Norie. Oh, yeah,
0: uh, Gaelic, Bria, Nori, could yeah.
1: I just say, the Gaelic, Galeo to Gaelic. Hmm. Alistair. Uh-huh. Alistair. So the Gaelic Joiner.
0: Fe liolwch i'r ffach... Dylwch eich, yna sgirio. So, a'n rhyw galeg So ac ys galeg greba' na fawr.
1: Ai, da, da galeg. Dje efa, dje efa'r Colochris. A'ch a?
0: Yn rhyw aborst, no.
1: I urge in the but Oh aye. Fall. Aye. Uh, I I remember my mother telling me uh, two cousins that came home used to come every summer to call and yeah. there was this Auntie Moore. I think she was from US originally. She had a house in and call <laughs> and the They went to the house, and uh, they went back to my mother and the family, and Auntie Moore was calling us. She had a word, Canara. Canara? Do you know what Canara is? They hadn't a clue what they were. Canara. Canara. And what it was, they were walking home, and this old uh, Auntie that she was, Uh they seen her coming in the distance and the window was open a wee bit at the bottom and they lifted the window and they in the window and they kindled the fire and put the kettle on to boil and when she came back she went in wash of canara and this is where they got the canara from Lush of canara You swear can, out, without? Yeah
0: Canara.
1: Canara. Oh fantastic yeah. Yeah. Unashamed canara. <laughs> but they hadn't a clue what the Kanara cana- was, but this is where it came from. Much of Kanara. Oh. Can g- you say? Jirach. Jirach. much of Canara. <laughs> That's the Ushkabewi. Yes, indeed. Oh. So
0: do you remember the um, Soyach, the people from Soy, at all? Aye. Did you got? did you got you got to know a few of them as well?
1: I knew them, uh, I went to school, there was a boy that called him the Saya Bean.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he moved away, I don't know, nobody ever heard any more about him. But uh, one of them that moved here first was Alec McKinnas. Oh yeah. yeah. He stayed at Loch Uh-huh. He used to drive uh, drive the bank van yeah. part time three days a week or something. And his sister moved in from Sawyer and they went into in Mount Vickers' house up there, oh, the priest's house. Yeah. But I was at the pier the day the boat came. It'd be the Hebrides was it that brought the The Sawyers soyr. the there. And they brought everything. <coughs> They had bags of pizza and everything coming, and uh, they were better. It was a better place. The rest of them went to Java Lodge. Aye. They moved in there, uh, but they were better off than this poor blighters that came earlier on from St Kilda. They put them up all places, put them to Loch hard. Yeah. And they were planting trees. They'd never seen a tree in their life.
0: Yeah.
1: And the department of the thing at the day, oh, that'd be a grand place. Put them into Lough The poor blighters, if they'd put them to North Eust or place. Yeah. But put them to Lough Allen. I mentioned out in the hills at Lough Island planting trees. And some of the old Lough people, they used to hear them talking on the wireless. They hadn't seen a tree in their life to start planting trees. They had no idea of eight till five carry on at all. They were completely lost. You know, they didn't have this eight to five or uh, one, uh, 12 to one o'clock lunch break. They were completely lost over there. But a lot of them moved away. They've got a book up there, Gillis, I think was the name of one, he moved out to, to, to over. Gillis, he wrote a book I've got the book up there Sheila gave me the book uh, but It was a tough life in St Kilda Oh
0: it was brutal, very brutal
1: But they did up <coughs> The girl that works with Sheila uh, uh, Alison Garvey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was in St Kilda with the army for a while Stayed in St Kilda But they improved in St Kilda a lot They built up the houses and. It's a lot better pretty rough place a to see a bit of exposure just imagine.
0: unbelievable uh, yeah like
1: St Kilda but yeah. I think they had garlic St Kilda garlic yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was a big white boat was there a trawler went in and oh, right. they had a flu aboard or oh. something. and some of them came out to get our provisions off this trawler and I think this flu, it went just through them like wildfire because they no were immunity. pure, they were immune. You know
0: no it's a thought and a half. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Andrew. This is more in time. St. Well,
1: it, it was nice back. talking to you. I don't know whether it, you could reverse the compliment, but it that's was nice talking to you.
0: That's great. Well, it's lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. Well, there you go. 70 episodes in and there's still so many more people to talk to. I love working on this project. There's nothing like spending time listening to interesting people and hearing what they have to say. How many times in life do you get to talk, mostly uninterrupted, about stories that matter to you? It's a rarity, for sure. So to be able to do this with people that mean so much to so many of us, it's a great, great honour. I'm so thankful for the time that everyone who speaks to me shares with us. The passing of Hugh McPhail a couple of weeks ago really draws this into relief for me. Therefore, I'd like to dedicate this episode to Hugh's memory. On another note, thank you to our monthly subscribers. It means so much to me that you've kept up with the project all this time. I really appreciate it. If you're a new listener and want to subscribe to the podcast, we'd love to have you along for the ride. Likewise, if you're inclined to leave a review on whichever platform you use to listen to the podcast, that would help the project out immensely. If I can tempt you to make a donation to the podcast, which would be greatly appreciated, you can find more information on how to do so on our Donate tab on the What We Do in the Winter website. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Take care, wherever you are. Morintang. Shinakade.